Hello and welcome back to the Second Take Podcast. My name is Calvin Williams. I'm here with my co-host Marco Rogers and today we have a very exciting episode. We will be predicting championship week in college football. I am very excited. It is going to be an absolutely phenomenal week of college football. Uh, we have Alabama and Georgia playing. We have Michigan, uh, Michigan, Iowa playing. We have uh, Pitt versus Wake Forest playing. We have Houston, Cincinnati, just buttload a ton of great games. We have Oklahoma State in Baylor, which is another top ten matchup. Three top ten matchups in Championship Week, definitely exciting. I would say that three of those games could possibly determine uh, who will be entering the college football playoff. So it's. I would say that all three of those top 10 matchups will be determining who goes into the college football playoff. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this weekend plays out. But we are going to start it off with a developing story before we get into that. Adrian Martinez and Spencer Rattler both enter the transfer portal. Marco, can you touch on this a little bit? Oh, yeah. So, in my opinion, Spencer Rattler entering the transfer portal was not a shock at all. First of all, he's the backup QB. He has tremendous talent, one of the most talented guys in all of college football. Secondly, um, yeah, obviously, he's a backup, and Lincoln Riley left. Maybe he was a big fan of Lincoln Riley. So, I mean, that probably contributed. And, I mean, it's really a program that you don't want to be a part of right now. In Oklahoma, um, they, they're they just falling apart. They're collapsing. And I think Caleb Williams might be their only good player next year. And we've even heard some talk, um, some rumors that he might be transferring due to Lincoln Riley leaving. Um, tough loss for o- OU. And in my opinion, a good place, a decent fit for Spencer Rattler to go could be the Nebraska Cornhuskers, where Agent Martinez just left, so he would come in and be a starter um, and probably do very well in the Big Ten, probably. Um, yeah, I think that would be a good fit for him, and I'm excited to see what um, happens with Spencer Rattler. And for Agent Martinez, um, in my opinion, Wait, Marco, I think for Adrian most- Martinez, it would be kind of funny if Caleb Williams transferred, so Martinez ends up going to Oklahoma, so they just like swap places. Uh, yeah, that that would be um, kind of funny. I was thinking about that, but I mean, we're not sure if Caleb Williams will transfer yet, so I'm not positive. But in my opinion, I think Martinez, a good place to go, would be North Carolina. After Sam Howell enters the draft, they use dual-threat QBs pretty well. I think that would be a good fit for him. Um, Yeah, Cal, what do you have to say about this? Yeah, I think uh, Adrian Martinez can be a good fit at a lot of schools. I mean, he has a very active dual-threat um, threat, and he's just a—he's definitely a talented quarterback. He's had an up and down career at Nebraska for sure, but this past year, uh, he started eleven out of his twelve games. He was injured in the last one, so he didn't play. Uh, but definitely a very solid season from him. I think wherever he goes, he can definitely make a difference for a team, especially a team that is more talented than the, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, yep, going to be interesting to see what happens with those two talents at QB. Um, 
Now moving on to our next segment. We will not be doing underdog predictions because all games are pretty even. So there's no reason to predict it since, like, no one's really going to get upset. There's just going to be a few somewhat surprises. And to start off, we're going to talk about probably the best game. Georgia, number one in the country, unbeaten, have not been tested really that much. Mm, I believe they've beaten 119. You could say that they haven't been tested, but they've also just killed some teams that were supposedly top 10 and kind of ruined their season. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess they beat Clemson, who's currently ranked, Arkansas, who's currently ranked. Uh, But they also beat both of those teams when they were in the top 10. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess probably them beating them did contribute to that factor. Um, but... I just I think Bama's the more tested team. They've played um <laughs> actually they haven't really played that many. I guess they played Texas AM, they walloped Ole Miss. That was very impressive. Probably the most impressive win for them. Um struggled against Auburn though, struggled against LSU. They've struggled with a couple bad teams. It's gonna come down to how well Bryce Young deals with this pressure. Jordan Davis all the elite talent on this Georgia defense. They've dominated every opponent they've played. Um, can he get the ball out to his playmakers in Jamison Williams and John Mechie before this pass rush gets to him? I do not think so. I think Georgia's really going to beat him up early. He struggled against LSU and Auburn. I think that's going to continue here. Um, I got Georgia in this one, 27-21. Yeah, I mean, Georgia right now, they have the best defense in all of football, period. Even in the NFL, I mean, I'm not saying they would be the best NFL defense, but, like, based on the teams that they're playing, they have been the best defense. They have not allowed any points in, like, at least three or four games this season, and they're allowing the fewest points per game in or. They're first or second in points per game in college football, which is pretty phenomenal with a team that has the schedule that an SET that an SEC team has. That's why I'm taking Georgia because although Alabama's offense is significantly more explosive than that of Georgia's, I just think that Georgia's defense is going to be really tough for a young QB and Bryce Young to be able to handle. Um, yep, going to be an interesting one. You can watch that on at 4 p.m. on CBS. Next up, uh, Oklahoma State trying to make the playoffs. They're taking on a tough um, team in the number nine ranked Baylor Bears. Um, I think Oklahoma State will controls their own destiny, in my opinion. If they win, I would put them in over Cincinnati. And I guess Cincinnati could still get in with like a Bama loss and them winning. But I think Oklahoma State, in my opinion, they win, they're in, um, and they just came off an impressive victory against Oklahoma. And that was a victory where their defense, which has carried them through this entire year, um, really struggled in that game, allowed uh, 33 points to a struggling offense. In Oklahoma, they were not looking good a couple games in a row. And they came in, Oklahoma State got dominated like all around on defense, but in the end of the game, defense made a few key stops. Offense was able to get clicking. They were able to beat Oklahoma by four. They have two top ten wins. And Baylor, who they beat earlier in the year by ten, that was a very good 
entertaining game. And obviously Oklahoma, who was top 10 at the time, now they're top 15. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this game. Um, both teams are surprisingly good at defense considering they're in the Big 12. Marco, um, that comment you made about Oklahoma's defense again. Oklahoma State's defense over Oklahoma's offense. I mean, yeah, they did struggle a little bit, but you have to realize that basically 21 of Oklahoma's points were defensive. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that is true. The offense did give Oklahoma short field, and I believe there might have been a pick six. Well, there, so. was, there was a scoop and score, a muffed punt for a touchdown, and then a pick six to, like, the five. So you can't blame that too much on them. Yeah, you can't. But, I mean... It's going to be interesting to see what happens to uncharacteristic Big 12 teams. Both teams averaging scoring less than 35 points per game. Both teams averaging allowing less than 20 points per game. Both teams run the ball a lot. They play similar to a lot of Big 10 teams. I think Oklahoma State's uh, defense will be able to handle this elite rushing offense that Baylor has. I got Oklahoma State in this one. I'm going to say 31 to 24. Yeah, I mean, the last time that these two teams played, Oklahoma State prevailed 24 to 14. Um, They definitely looked like the better team there. Obviously, 24 to 14, that's a very low-scoring battle, especially for two Big 12 teams. Uh, I think that Oklahoma State is going to win this one due to the fact they have that elite defense. They have an experienced quarterback in Spencer Sanders. I don't think he's going to give into the pressure. Um, and although Bear- Jerry Bohannon is a junior, Baylor hasn't. I just don't think that Baylor has the tools as much as Oklahoma State does to be able to keep up with this high-powered defense in this good offense. Oh, yep. Going to be an interesting matchup. That's the early game at noon on ABC this Saturday. Um, Moving on to our next game, Cincinnati, um, number three in the country, taking on number 21, Houston. Usually, in this kind of situation, you're undefeated. You're um, actually, no, they're number four. Um, Usually, you're undefeated. You're number four in the country. The playoff rankings have you at four. You're usually win and in in the situation. I'm not sure if that's the case with the Cincinnati team. Uh, strength of schedule, only one good win in Notre Dame. Um, I mean, they've dominated the bad teams that they played. They have struggled with a few very bad teams. Uh, teams like Tulsa, who's not very good. Navy, who's not very good. They've struggled with... Um, and I think that even if they win this game, let's say they win, but Oklahoma State beats Baylor and Bama beats Georgia, then you could argue that Bama obviously is in, Georgia's in, Michigan would be in with a win. And then you could argue that Oklahoma State would be in over Cincinnati. Um, I think Cincinnati will be able to win this game. Uh, Houston does have a very solid defense. And... Um, I mean, Clayton Toon has really improved over the course of the year. Last time these two teams played, I mean, Houston was not in a good situation, I believe. they get, Wait, did they even play? No, no, no never mind. Uh, I thought that they did. Uh, but, I mean, Houston, earlier in the year, they were struggling. Um, they have now uh, more found their grip. They have one loss to Texas Tech, and that was the first game of the year. Now they've won 11 straight. 
top um top twenty five team, and they have a chance to get a signature win here against Cincinnati. Um, but I have Cincinnati in a close game. I'm gonna say thirty four to thirty. Yeah, I think Cincinnati's gonna come out with this one. I mean. Personally, you said that they don't control their own destiny as much as a lot of people are saying. I think they do. I don't think you can put Oklahoma State over them. I just think it would result in too much backlash on the committee on the committee favoring Power Five teams like way over Group of Five teams, which should be happening. I mean, Cincinnati, in my opinion, doesn't have the strength of schedule to be able to make it in the college football playoff. But thirteen no with with a conference title. You kind of have to give it to them. So I think Cincinnati, if they win with style points especially, I think that they'll get into this college football playoff. Oh, yep. That's going to be an interesting game. Uh, Moving on, uh, number 15-ranked Pittsburgh Panthers taking on the number 16-ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Um, This is going to be a great game with two elite QBs. Um, these two teams did not play earlier on in the year. Um, and, um, these are two very similar teams. Kenny Pickett, one of the best QBs in college football, over 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, seven picks. Sam Hartman, over 3,700 yards, 34 touchdowns, only 10 picks. Um, two teams that do not run the ball very often. Um, um, both teams, I guess Wake Forest does. Both teams do average a lot of yards per game. Most of that is due to the dual threat ability of both QBs. Sam Hartman and Kenny Pickett can both take off and run with it. Um, and it's really just going to be interesting to see what defense prevails in this game. Both defenses have been solid but not great. Pittsburgh defense has been very good, but Wake Forest's defense has just not been very good. And, I mean, coming into the year, no one would have expected – uh, ACC championship without Clemson and with Wake Forest, but impressive year with both these teams. Um, playing for a new New Year Six Bowl because winner of uh Power Five conference title game makes a New Year Six, and I think the team in the New Year Six will be Pittsburgh. Uh, they just match up well. Kenny Pickett tends to do very well when he plays against a weak defense. I think he'll take advantage. He'll have a great game. I got Pitt thirty seven to to twenty seven. Yeah, Pitt. I mean, they've definitely showed that they're a pretty high level Power Five team. I mean, in some past years, they haven't had great seasons. Sort of have not proven themselves as a legit contender for anything. But here uh, in the ACC title game, I think that they're going to prevail. Kenny Pickett has had a phenomenal season. Um, he is just he's tied for second or tied for second in passing touchdowns in this 21 season. He has over 4,000 yards passing, only seven interceptions, which is especially impressive for how much this team passes the ball. Um, I think Kenny Pickett and Pitt is gonna <laughs> Kenny Pickett and Pitt is gonna prevail. Uh, I just think that their passing offense is not something that a weak Wake Forest defense can handle. Uh, I'm taking Pitt in this one. Oh, yep. That's going to be an interesting game. Two teams that have struggled recently have a chance at making a New Year's Six. Uh, next up, the game we all want to talk about, Michigan, number two in the Don't country. Don't predict it. Don't predict it. Just talk. Yeah, I know. 
Michigan number two in the country taking on the number 13 ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa so far this year, you look at their schedule, no impressive wins besides that Minnesota game. I will admit that was an impressive win by five against a good Minnesota team. But besides that, they haven't beaten that many good teams. Penn State looked like a good one at the time. Penn State was playing without Sean Clifford for most of that game. And, I mean, I think Penn State wins that game most most times out of 10 if Sean Clifford is healthy. Uh, also, Penn State has shaped up to not be a very good team. Um, haven't beaten anyone else. This is two physical defenses with very solid running backs. Michigan has two running backs. Well, really three running backs led by Hassan Haskins, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards. Going to be difficult for these Iowa defenses. Yeah, Donovan Edwards recently has become a huge part of Michigan's passing game. I would definitely look I definitely look forward to him uh, in the coming year. But also, I think he could be a huge factor in this game due to his ability to catch the ball. I mean, he was catching balls like a, like better than a lot of our receivers, to be honest. I mean, he has great hands, especially for a running back. I think he'll be very effective on our team. Oh, uh, yep. Going to be interesting to see if these Iowa linebackers, uh, and they tend to have a very good linebacker core, can they stay with these running backs is probably going to be the biggest question of this game. Uh, two physical offenses both love to ground and pound the ball. Iowa has more of just a straight-up run game. They just they don't have any pulls or yeah any counters with their O-line. They tend to just straight-up block you, run it on the outside, run it up the middle. Michigan, however, tends to pull a lot of O-linemen, uh, get la- lateral, try to – get some big plays in the run game. So different run offenses, but at the same time, they're both very good at running the football. It's going to come down to the QB play, in my opinion. Two pretty evenly matched teams um, in most ways. Cade McNamara, good job of not turning the ball over most of this year. Good job at not taking sacks most of this year. Um I mean, two, over 2,300 yards is not great, but it's certainly better than Iowa's QB situation right now. Um, Spencer Petras and Alex Padilla, I believe, have been battling it out all week for to see who's playing QB. I believe it will be Spencer Petras. He was the QB to start the year. Then he had a couple bad games. They benched him for Padilla. He, I mean, he led them to victory in all of his games, but he did not look very good. Petras comes back and leads the comeback versus Nebraska. Um, and Petras really just throws it to one target, and that's um the big tight end, Sam Laporta. If Michigan can guard him, I think they'll be able to handle this Iowa offense. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm not going to say who wins. Cal, what do you have to say? Uh, I agree with you. This is going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be very ground and pound. Iowa, one of the better defenses in college football. Michigan, one of the better defenses in college football. This game's truly going to come down to first team to 20, to be honest. I mean, first team to 20 is most likely going to win this game because neither of these offenses are exceptionally high-powered. Michigan, obviously, has definitely shown that they can move the ball down the field against a very good defense, such as Ohio State. Uh, I think that Iowa's defense is definitely a little bit better than Ohio State's, but that doesn't take away the fact that I think Hassan Haskins is going to be able to run the ball because he is just an absolute beast. Our offensive line has been playing phenomenally, and I think that 
if um, Hassan Haskins is able to do exactly what he did last game, ground and pound, just I think that Michigan severely outmatches Iowa on the off. I mean, I think that Michigan severely outmatches Iowa on the defensive side of the ball. I think we beat them in every efficiency category, and I think that Michigan should be able to score enough points um, to hold Iowa to a minimum. So I'm not going to predict it, but I think that's my take on the game. I think Hassan Haskins is going to be extremely crucial. All right, that. Moving on, we have Pat the for the NFL. We have the Patriots versus the Bills. Marco, I know the Patriots are on a hot streak, and you are extremely happy about that. I see no reason why that streak would end. Um, the Patriots have been playing phenomenal, and the Bills have been kind of underwhelming the past couple of weeks. They started out the season extremely strong. Um, but have had sort of a slow um, past couple of weeks. They did. They are coming off a good, very good win uh, over the Saints, which is definitely a solid win. But Patriots have won seven over their at last eight games. They've won six straight, and I just think it's going to be really hard for this Buffalo defense um, to. Or sorry, I think it's going to be really hard for this Buffalo offense to score enough points to be able to uh, beat this New England team. I'm taking New England by ten. Oh, I mean Buffalo. They're three and three in their last six games. They struggle when they play against a good defense. They got held to six points by the Jaguars. That is not a good defense. Um, and Patriots really the best defense they played all year. Um. Josh Allen has struggled under pressure. Uh, they have had inconsistency with running the football this year. I I just had no reason why the Bills should win this game without Tredavious White, obviously torn ACL. Um, I think Mac Jones will not turn the ball over very much. Josh Allen will. I got Pats. I'm gonna say thirty-one to twenty. Yeah, that's definitely going to be an interesting one to see which team can um, just... I think they're very evenly matched teams, but I think the Patriots, with the streak that they've been having, with the way that they've been playing these past eight games, I think that they're going to take this one home. Um, Next, we have the Los Angeles Chargers versus Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati has had a better past couple of weeks. Um, around week five, they had a loss to the Jets, which was definitely, and a loss to the Browns. They had back-to-back losses. But since then, they've had two straight wins. Uh, they're coming off a win, a very dominant win over the Steelers and a very dominant win over the Raiders. Personally, I'm taking the Bengals. I just think that the combination of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is going to be has been phenomenal this season, and I think it's going to continue. And also, Joe Mixon has definitely improved these past couple of weeks, which and he has been a huge part of this team's success. So I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. Um, 
uh, battle of two young QBs, battle of two very good running backs, uh, two great receiving cores. Um, I think it's going to come down to how well the O-lines and D-lines match up. And I think that the Chargers have a better O-line than the Bengals. Obviously, last year, it was a huge factor why the Bengals struggled. Big factor why Burrow tore that ACL last year. This year, the O-line has improved, but not enough. I got L.A. in this one, 31 to... 20 to 30. I got 31 to 30. Close game. All right. I like it. Our final game, Denver versus Kansas City. Um, Denver lost Von Miller earlier in this season. They haven't had an amazing season as of now, but they still are in contention for um, a playoff spot potentially. Melvin Gordon has definitely played well, sort of um, taking his spot over Javante Williams as the lead back, although they are still splitting carries. I feel like Melvin Gordon has said significantly more success. Um, that being said, I do think that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are a much better team, especially with Clyde Edwards Hilaire back fully healthy. I just think that this Chiefs team. They're definitely playing better than they were at the start of the season. I think they're going to take care of business here. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got a banged-up O-line with the Broncos. Melvin Gordon is questionable. Uh, I mean, they don't have a great receiving core. Uh, going to be tough for Teddy Bridgewater to find open receivers. Kansas City defense has been lights out the past few weeks. Held the um, – Held the Cowboys to nine points coming off that uh, bye, obviously. Wait, no, they did not have – wait, did they have a bye? I don't think so. Holding the Cowboys to nine points uh, last week. Uh, Raiders to 14 points. Packers to seven points. They, the defense has been playing lights out. I think that will continue. I got the Chiefs 28 to 10. Yep, I like the pick. Do you have anything else for tonight? Oh, uh, no. All right. Thank you all for listening to the Second Take Podcast. Uh, we will see you next Tuesday. I'm so excited to watch football this weekend. Make sure you reserve 8 o'clock. Watch that Michigan game. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to decide if Michigan's going to make have their first ever college football playoff berth and their first ever Big Ten championship victory. We will see. Uh, And we will see you on Tuesday. So see you later. Peace out. See ya.